Hey there everybody, my name is Mark and I am a wizard and I just want to let y'all know we had a couple issues this week in recording. Josh is kind of down with some sort of sickness, I am down with some sort of sickness, and on top of that there's windstorms down here that are interrupting our like ability to keep in contact. So just bear that in mind tonight, but just to make it fun for you, I added this sound. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you hear this sound, it means we had some issue, and it's your cue to take a drink. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy Unlucky Bastards. Two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Listeners, well, we're like doing the cold open, but I want to acknowledge in the cold open, you'll probably hear my voice sounds, yeah, like pretty, pretty atrocious compared to what it normally is. Uh, and I want to give the reason for that and to you listeners and also to you, Mark. So um, I think this was in one of our food episodes. I mentioned a restaurant. It's like a barbecue uh, smokehouse uh, and brewery place their appetizers it's like jalapeno popper roulette oh yeah you remember that uh, yeah and there was and, yeah, and there's I six remember. you I get remember. you get six jalapeno poppers and then hidden in one of them is a is a really spicy chili and i was talking about how the mrs wizard had the misfortune of finding that the first time well we went back there on friday and thought like oh won't this be fun teehee We'll, we'll do the same thing again. And who's it going to be? Son of a bitch. The very first one that I picked had the spice, had the super spicy pepper in it. Um, and like as, so it was also just like, well, it, it was also just very temperature hot. So like, uh-huh. I like burnt, I like burnt the roof of my mouth too. Uh, <laughs> but like chewing it, like it, it was like, okay, yeah, this is spicier. This is spicier than, you know, just a regular jalapeno thing. But down the hatch it went. And we had our meal and all that. And I could have sworn, maybe their menu has changed slightly. Because um, I thought they just put like a like a ghost pepper in. Which, yeah, mm-hmm. like, those are, yeah, those are like markedly spicier. Um, double checked the menu. No, it, it was a Carolina Reaper. Oh, shit. Which is like, so like your average jalapeno is like 8,000 Scoville uh, heat units. Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh, yeah, a, a Carolina Reaper is like two million. Jesus. <laughs> so you died. So I did. So had a nice meal driving home. Oh, wait a tick. Something something doesn't feel right in my tum tum. Um, and we're all we're almost home. I can almost make it home. Nope. Had to pull into the parking lot of the church down our block, and my uh, GI system said. I'm not going to digest this thing. Get out of here. And so I so I blew chunks. I blew chunks in this <laughs> church parking lot. Um, and yeah, like going down, it wasn't that bad. Coming up, it was horrific. So yeah, between like having a super spicy chili, puking my guts out. And then we went to a... And then the next day we went to a wedding and the music was super loud. And so I had to like yell over the speakers to carry on a conversation. So yeah, that was like... Shit. The last like seventy-two to forty-eight hours uh, has just been horrible on my throat, so that's why I sound 
Um, yeah, like I do today. <laughs> All right. But it's weird because, like, because, yeah, uh, the Mrs. Wizard, she had that. Granted, it was like half. She had like half of it, but she took it like a champ. And here I am like a chump. So I, I think that they changed their menu. Maybe they were getting complaints like, oh, whatever. This isn't all that spicy. Nyeh. And they're like, <laughs> all right, bullshit. Let's do a Carolina Reaper. Giddy so, up, baby. So, so yeah. So that's why I sound like I do. But but also, Mark, you, I'm, I, am, I have learned that you too are also kind of suffering in your own way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back in time to this time last year. We did a Surabune, the Japanese UFO. Mm-hmm. And you can hear me, like, dying because of allergies. And guess what a year ago was today, Josh? That's right, a year ago. Yep. And a year ago, well, a year now, here we are now again, because time is a flat circle, and guess who's miserable with allergies? But also, the wind's been insane down here. I don't know if you saw yeah. this, but they put it up on Facebook. Down in Antonito, a gas station got its, like, tops of his pumps ripped off. It just fucking thing just fell off I saw like that. it's been nuts for days and like you can't see through anything and it's just bad so yeah I, today. I did see that video uh and, and then this morning my dad sent me a picture and it looks like great dust bowl it's crazy uh it feels that way well and and there's also been a bunch of fires in new mexico or a state to the south there so having a bunch of that shit in the air isn't good either like i'm thinking of the um yeah kami no kaze like the, the New Mexican, the yellow wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The New Mexican version of that, the 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 shitty wind that'll fuck up your lungs, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, dude. But yeah, so if I sound weird tonight, guys, that's what's going on. But before we keep complaining any more yes. than we ought to be, we ought to say welcome back to the Two Wizards Podcast. Welcome to the Two Wizards Podcast. Uh, here we are once again, battling through. Yeah, just stuff wrecking our business. We'll just see how far this episode goes. But at any rate, my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. And Josh, quite frankly, I don't know if you did it on purpose. I bet you did, (laughs) because, you know, we kind of got better about collaborating. But man, I just got to come out and say it. You sound like a real unlucky bastard, buddy. I will. And you want to talk about unlucky? I had a one in six chance of picking the spicy pepper. And I did it the very first time. I mean... (laughs) What are the odds of that? One out of six. But still, yeah, that's super unlucky. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, 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 yeah, it just seems like we're both a little bit down on our luck right now. And, and wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to like have, I don't know, something that could help us, something that could like intervene and uh, maybe some sort of like magical item that could bring a benediction and and avert these catastrophes that have been dashed upon our heads wouldn't that be nice i mean it would but i don't think that's going to happen but what we do have is what's in our wizard's tankards and i asked you to prepare something special josh what do you have in your wizard's tanker and the reason for Mm -hmm. asking for preparation will become abundantly clear at our second act tonight listeners but okay yes you asked me to uh find some dark rum and do and do something with that and i obliged uh uh, the Mrs. Wizard was wonderful. Got me a bottle of Kraken once more, so I have some Kraken with me. Uh, and then my little fun twist, at least for this first round, maybe second round, I might get a little squirrely. Uh, but I found a mixed drink called a Jungle Bird. Oh, okay. And what also stood out to me about this mixed drink, the Jungle Bird, um, is it also requires 
Campari and I have plenty of Campari left. So it's like uh, three parts dark rum, one part Campari, uh, three parts pineapple juice, one part lime juice. And it's Damn. just, yeah, it's, it is. It's one of those like kind of tiki bar cocktails. And this is, I've already had a couple sips um, and it is goddamn I, delicious. I literally have all that stuff in my liquor cabinet. I might make me a jungle bird you, after we, this. Yeah. We may just have to. We, we, we hmm. So that's what I have with me because you asked me to do something with dark rum. Mark, what are you drinking right now? Um, I'm a big believer in if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what I didn't fix, well, what I did fix, I don't know. Whatever I got, Josh, is a uh, dark and stormy, dark cracking. Oh, and, uh, there we go. Bunderberg mm. ginger beer. So here's on you, buddy. Cheers. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's going to be a fine night tonight. <laughs> Which also, right, like, I because I also had that thought like, well, I mean, yeah, there's dark rum. Should, should I just get some ginger beer and do another dark and stormy? Well, no, let's let's see what around here. And so I have a little mixology app. And, like, you check all the boxes, what's in your liquor cabinet. And, I guess, refrigerator, too. And, uh, yeah, this jungle bird came up. It's like, oh, yeah, we can get some, we can get some pineapple juice. Yeah, this is great. This is oh, actually yeah. one that I might. And, again, also trying to remember that lesson. I made myself just a single for this time. But, yeah, maybe for part <laughs> two, come back and do a like quadruple just fat jungle bird that has no natural <laughs> predators just kind of like lounging fat on the beach and and gets like slaughtered and it's blood drunk by a bunch of um yeah like shipwreck crew <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh anyway it was but oh okay so so yes we we have these we have these wonderful drinks in our wizards tankards we've already kind of hinted at uh, yeah, some misfortune befalling us, and if only there were something. Well, and, and is, isn't there also? I think maybe something a little special about what is happening this week when this episode will air. That might have something to do with it, Josh. What is hmm. this Friday? Well, this Friday, it just so happens, and I understand this is a, um, yeah, like a like a not a not a rare occurrence, but pretty uncommon. It just so happens that Friday of this week will be the thirteenth day of the month of May, and and, and I'm and I've come to understand that Friday the thirteenth, uh, yeah, can kind of freak some people out. Yeah, it's Friday the thirteenth, the most unluckiest day of the year, if we mm-hmm. are to believe all the rumors. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about some of history's most unlucky bastards, and maybe you and I won't feel so bad about it going into it this week. And maybe oh, we true. can, you know, make the listeners feel a little bit more safe themselves. Because yeah. I bet some of these things can't happen twice. <laughs> I mean, let's hope so, right? Well, because isn't there, like, I I know that there's something where, like, in very rare occurrences, like if, like if it's not a leap year and February has a Friday the 13th, that automatically means that March will have a Friday the 13th like two consecutive ones and then that like so yeah isn't there something like a like a super uh trifecta friday the 13th kind of thing where 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 like oh this year has like four friday the friday the 13th or something like that or am i uh, i don't know i'm googling really quick okay i just thought i remembered that happening 
like when I was in high school and like everybody being like, oh, Friday the 13th, it's, it's forever. So we only have one this year for whatever that's worth. So it looks like the last time we had three was in 2009 in February, March, and November. Okay. So yeah, so I was, yeah. I wasn't just telling tales out of school. I was onto something there. <laughs> you're onto something. I'm not sure something. what, but you're onto something. I was onto something, but... <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Josh, why Friday the 13th? Why is it an an unlucky day? And without going into a weird amateur history lecture that I'm pretty sure nobody can really consolidate or Mm. corroborate, Mm -hmm. lest I myself become an academic bastard. Um, Just the real quick long and short of it is, according to a Mental Floss article, there was a party with all the old gods and Loki tricked the, this blind god of winter, Hodthor, I think that's how you say his name, Hordth. I don't know. It's got the weird squiggly S with the slash through it. He tried to trick him and he got him to let him into a party that he then wrecked. Before Loki had shown up, everybody there was, or there was 12 guests there. Loki was the 13th and he ruined it all. Mm. And then if you look back in your mythology, 12 is like sort of this like number of, you know, goodliness and pantheon. There's like the 12 Greek gods. I'm pretty sure there's 12 like Buddhist deities in their pantheon. There's also the 12 apostles, and you add one more to that, you make it 13, you screw it up, so 13 becomes unlucky. But then pursuant to that, why Friday? Well, most Christian holidays start, or at least are preceded on a Friday, like Good Friday. Mm -hmm. So it's like this hit or miss thing where you can have a bad thing or a good thing. But in this case, it just seems like they picked Friday. I don't really understand why, but there's also, according to the Da Vinci Code and this Mental Floss article, that's when the Knight Templar were formed was on Friday the 13th. And that's oh. why it's unlucky. I don't Ooh. I don't know. I don't want to spend any more time than that. I want to talk about unlucky bastards all through the year. Because, ironically enough, I didn't find any of these things that happened on a Friday the 13th. But before we do that, Josh, do you have any ill tales, any ill befallings that befell you on Friday the 13th? Um, none that immediately spring to mind. It's not that I like, yeah, yeah, I I don't recall there there ever being something where it's like, all right, gang, well, I, uh, I got a big test today and I got a show that I'm auditioning for and, uh, and then a, then a date with a cute girl later. So I really hope today goes well. And then it's Friday the 13th and. Like I break a mirror and walk under a ladder and step on a black cat's tail and um, so yeah I don't think I've had any any like yeah anything truly terrible uh, happen to me uh, that that could be called bad luck on Friday the thirteenth. Um, okay. I just remember like sort of like dumbly playing it up, uh, teaching with my students, being like. Oh, you, Mr. Streeter's going to do a pop quiz today. And they'd be like, no, you're not. Just <laughs> let's just read Shakespeare or whatever. You, you hate grading as much as we hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have any experiences. But what about you, man? Have you ever had any? Um, Yeah, I have one that sticks out to me. Friday the 13th, 2015, I went to take out trash and slipped my wrist on some broken glass. <gasps> Holy crap, dude. I was a, yeah, I was about to go to the gym. I take my pre-workout and I like felt this weird tug That's and even I worse. didn't even feel the cut. Yeah, I didn't feel the cut or anything. I just like looked down and felt this weird pull and I was like, "Oh, I can see inside myself." Had a real like Luke Skywalker kind of moment. <clears throat> so I called my girlfriend. I was like, "Hey, where are you?" And she goes, "Oh, I'm at City Market." I'm like, "Good. I need you to come get me." And so I met her oh on God. the corner like in gym shorts and everything, trying not to panic. 
and we sat in the waiting room. I read the obituary of a dude named Mark Jones who lived in Del Norte oh that God. died that day, and it was oh really trippy, God. and I'm not making this shit up, Josh. I know. And then when I got in and got my uh, everything taken care of, I had 13 stitches, six oh on the outside, God. seven on the inside. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. But shit. now you can't even That's tell. Like, yeah. That's like out of a Final Destination movie. Like... You've taken pre-workout, so that, like, amps up your cardiovascular system. Like, your blood flow is, like, extra potent. Cut your wrist, taken outside, so, like, you're, like, going to bleed out that much faster. Holy shit, man. Yeah, yeah and then and- you read about the, the Del Norte Mark Jones, which I I knew of him. It's, it's not like I knew him, but I knew that there was another Mark Jones. He was the guy that owned uh, the Rialto, that restaurant right. down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, thirteen stitches. Oh boy, I bet it's they did that trippy. on purpose. I bet they did that on purpose. They were like, yeah, I mean, we could make do with twelve here, but damn it, it's Friday the thirteenth. We'll just we'll just add that extra one, so he has a neat story to tell people. <laughs> and then to add to the ultra unluckiness, I hadn't been at my job long enough to qualify for insurance oh yet. My God. <laughs> oh, thunder thanks. clatter, thunder clatter. Thanks, thanks, American healthcare system. Oh man! And I guess technically, like I'm, I'm, I'm only saying this because it's factual. If this happened in 2015, thanks, Obama. <laughs> I would have been fine if they didn't calculate my gross, whatever you call that, income, or if they didn't calculate my gross income or they ran um, my numbers for the Obamacare, because I could have stayed on it after college. Like right. Adams is pretty good about like helping yeah. people kind of nurse off that instead of just ripping it out of their mouth and like. They were like, oh, well, you work at City Market and you make this much. I'm like, that's if I work 40 hours a week. I get like 18. Too bad you don't have insurance. Get fucked. <laughs> so I paid that bad Larry off for a year and a half. Oh, and it was God. not $1,300. Yeah, that would be. Anyway. That would be. It was 1700 but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Well, I mean, that does, that, that does sound pretty terrible, Mark. And I'm very... As cool of a story that is to record and share with the world, um, yeah, that still sucks. Uh, it sucks. But I bet, but I bet it doesn't suck quite as much as what happened to some of these some of these dudes that you're gonna you're gonna guide us through. So, so who are some of these lucky unlucky ones that are gonna have some of their their yeah like the worst moments of their lives uh, rebroadcast in this year 2022? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have a ton of them, but what I got, I think we're going to like. All so we're right. going to first go way back in time to 163 BCE. Mm, okay. Okay. To the way back when. To this yeah. cat named Eleazar Avarin. Now, we don't know a lot about him other than he was the fourth son of the Maccabee rebel, Matthias ben Johannin, who happened to be the perpetual thorn in the side of the Seleucid Empire. We don't know a ton about Eleazar other than how he died, which if I could pick one thing people knew about me, it'd be how I died. Don't tell them how I lived. Tell them how I like did a shooting star press off of a McDonald's, <laughs> you know, takeout window to get my fries. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. During the battle of Biet Zakaria, he looks out across, you know, this battlefield against the Seleucid Empire and he sees his time to shine. And what does he see, Josh? That's right. A goddamn war elephant. Cue Adventure Time music. <laughs> Ancient psychic tandem war elephant. Yes. Oh, my God. 
So this comes from uh, 1 Maccabees, uh, chapter 6, verse 43. Eleazar perceived that one of the beasts armed with royal harness was higher than all the rest, and supposed that the king was upon him, put himself in jeopardy to the end that he might deliver his people and get him a perpetual name. Wherefore he ran upon courageously through the midst of battle, slaying on the right hand and on the left, so that they were divided from him on both sides. Which done, he crept under the elephant and thrust under him and slew him. Whereupon the elephant fell down, and he died. <laughs> so this dude sprints through a battlefield, murking fools on the left and right. Total God of War movement right here. Sees the mini boss, hits that circle and botches the quick time punch. Kills the elephant, but the elephant falls down dead and murders him too. And you want to know the biggest kick in the nuts here, Josh? Hmm. There was nobody special on said psychic tandem war elephant. <laughs> it's just, it was just one. It was just one rampaging around. a big old elephant carved in uh, royal armor. I mean... But I think that also absolutely backs up your point about, yeah, I don't even care what this guy did in his life. Uh, if he died at the hands of, like, war elephant run amok um, while, while still killing it at the same time. Yeah, that's that's the best kind of unlucky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, But just to, to know, like, yes... I'm reminded of, you know, Josh, we, you and I grew up when Peter Jackson's Lord, Lord of the Ring trilogy was the hottest shit to hit the theaters. And like, yeah, this is true. We all remember that scene of Legolas riding beneath the Oliphant with his twin white knives and like cuts the Achilles tendon and cuts the other one, then crawls up the arrows and like shoots the dudes and Gimli, that still only counts as one. Yeah. And man, you want to see that, but instead it's, ha ha, I stab you. And the elephant just murks your ass. And I bet you don't even die first thing out of the gate either. Like, it probably oh, no. falls on its legs, so you're just kind of, like, smothered with elephant all about you. It's got to be real rough. Yeah, like, you're, you're bound to have uh, broken uh, at least half a dozen bones in various places. That's going to hurt. You're And as you say, like, you're being smothered. You're being suffocated. You should be so lucky to just, like, have your brains smushed out and, like, oh, that's it. No, like, this dude was probably asphyxiating on like dead elephant so that's that's pretty gruesome yeah yeah bad way to go bad way that, to go. okay but. yeah yeah that is true <laughs> like granted sure he does get like chapter and verse in the bible there um but yeah i, like, I mean how many times are you in the bible because i'm not yeah true true but then yeah but then that's also the worst right like it's like yeah yeah like that's the equivalent i think of like going through the yearbook and be like, oh yeah, there's, there's a uh, Gomer uh, Fassbender. He he uh, <laughs> showed up to school one day and pooped his pants, and then, and then like that's in the yearbook, and like everybody, like every time they see. So I, I guess yeah, to have your worst moment recorded in the best-selling book of all time, woo, that's another kind of unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> This thing's been real chuggy, and I'm just like, don't you start with me, motherfucker. Don't you start with me. I'll sick my war elephant on you. (laughs) Um, Do you have any Greek prophecies or anything? Yeah, let's maybe talk about Aeschylus real quick. So, 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 because I am of the three tragedians that we have, like, their surviving works, uh, Aeschylus, Sophocles, and Euripides... Sophocles is my favorite. 
Um, a lot of people say he's kind of basic bitch, but damn it, like he he's Sophocles and he won like crazy amounts of victories, had a huge like corpus of work. Um, so yeah, like I I'm a Sophocles fanboy, whatever. In a very close second for me is Aeschylus, um, and. There's this really good uh, essay that sort of like gets into like what Escalian theater, what what Escalian tragedy is like um, by Robert Fagels. It's called The Eagle and the Serpent. One of the things that I think, again, like best summarizes it is like Aeschylus is like a volcano, like you like not exactly artful, not exactly like pretty and meticulous, but just the power of his language, uh, the vividness of of uh yeah of the images that he uses and yeah he's a little rough around the edges it's kind of like maybe a little like chunky sometimes um but uh but no like that's that's um that's him that that's him and so um Aeschylus fought at marathon helped start like what was the golden age of like Athens especially um but then yeah like also like the golden age of Greek theater they're in the fifth century. Um, and story goes that he retired uh, to, um, I, was it, wasn't it Sicily? I think it was Sicily uh, in Gela. He, I think he was given some sort of prophecy or like some sort of like, I don't know if it was exactly from the Oracle of Delphi, but uh, Pliny uh, in his Naturalis Historiae, um, says that Aeschylus was given a prophecy to like avoid going outdoors because you're going to get killed by a falling object but he's like bullshit I'm Aeschylus I fought at Marathon I wrote the the Ororestia like I'm awesome living it up here in Sicily this is great and so then yeah the story goes he was walking around one day um, he was bald roughly we think like late 60s bald head and uh, eagle flying by captured a tortoise that it was going to eat but yeah like an eagle has a hard time breaking through a tortoise shell so what they do is they use their eagle vision their eagle powers uh and find yeah and find like a rocky outcropping to drop the shell on the force of gravity splits the tortoise shell open then they eat it story has it that this eagle uh, spotted Aeschylus's bald dome, his chrome dome there. Oh, no. And said, that'll do, and dropped a turtle on him. <laughs> and that's what killed him. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's... It, it, it's, this is the... I am at a point in my life where I can appreciate the beauty of this being legend and shrouded in mystery, and we'll never really know. I can understand some people would be like, no, bullshit, that didn't happen. That was just made up by somebody else bleh. but I like to think that like yeah like and well okay let me finish the, 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 the this thought before I fangirl okay. be, be, before I fangirl about Eskless Moore I like to think that he was killed by a falling turtle yeah <laughs> that eagle dropped on him it's um, a better way to go how did he die oh he drank too much wine and shit himself to death or yeah, a turtle or like, on his goddamn head yeah right go with the turtle death it's a better right. death Right, and so, and this is where I had to pause myself here. It's also worth mentioning that in Aristophanes' comedy, Frogs, which is this whole battle of like, ah, 
tragedy no. in Athens. No, not okay. again. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the worst <laughs> luck, Josh. The worst luck. Um, <laughs> but Dionysus goes to the underworld because he's like, theater sucks now. So I'm going to bring back Euripides. Um, but then he gets convinced, like, okay, no, your Euripides sucks. I'm going to bring Aeschylus back. And then Sophocles is also dead at this point. But he's he's just like, no, whatever. Like, I'm Sophocles. I'm, I'm too cool. You take Aeschylus back. I'll just hang out here. And then let's make fun of Euripides some more. So, <laughs> Mark, I saw this on Twitter. And oh, yeah. I almost either, like, DM'd you it or, like, quote tweeted you and, like, added you with this. But I, but I stopped myself. But since we're here, since we're wet, we might as well swim. Did you know that um, uh, uh, frogs are also pretty, pretty capable and pretty handy at uh, setting up dial-up internet modems? Uh, no, Josh, I didn't. Because they're very handy with the Brecker-Kex coax-coax cable. Oh no, no! <laughs> no! No! That's me as Darth Vader yeah. standing. No! no! <laughs> it's been almost a year ago since that bullshit, too. <clears throat> that was also a year ago, yeah. Those fucking ro- frogs have lived rent free in my brain for a year. <laughs> Listeners, go listen to our Horrors from the Sky episode and figure <clears throat> out what we're talking sky. about. Yeah, yeah. Or read Aristophanes' The Frogs and then go look up YouTube clips of various <sighs> productions of that ancient Greek comedy. Um, see how I dither, see how I slacks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, I also think that, yeah, with like Aeschylus, uh, again, like Fantastic Life and... Uh, Again, like fought at Marathon was like one of the like founding um, dramatists of the golden age of Greek theater. Probably. See, that's pretty damn cool that he fought at Marathon. So, so, well, and so this is the only, or not not, not the only, this is the other thing that gets uh, brought up too. So like, so like his gravestone there in Gela um, in Sicily, it doesn't say anything about his theatrical career. It says, beneath this stone lies Aeschylus, son of Euphorion the, the Athenian, who perished in the wheat-bearing land of Gela. Of his noble prowess, the grove of Marathon can speak, and the long-haired Persian knows it well. It's like on this dude's oh, gravestone. Damn. Oh, damn. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, like it. Ooh, I like that. And, and it's great. It's just like, yeah, this is where Aeschylus is, uh, lies. Um renowned for yeah his like bravery on the battlefield that marathon can attest to like the trees that watch this battle if you ask them because trees talk all the time like greek myth ask them totally yeah the trees can speak to his like valor and courage as well as yeah like the persians that he defeated there and that's super badass hell yeah so yeah right on yeah indeed indeed and a turtle took him out. And a turtle. Tragic. <laughs> Truly tragic. <laughs> Man, I need to back off these dark and storms. I'm getting all alliteration in. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Yeah, no. I got yeah, another sad bastard for you, Josh. You ready for him? Oh, yes, please. 
This dude is a cat by the name of Hans Steiniger. Mm. And who he was was the burgomaster of Braunau, which you might remember is in Austria. Oh, he was yeah. elected the he was elected mayor of this Austrian village in 1567. He ran on a two-platform uh, ticket, and quite frankly, because of translation and time, we don't really know what the first part or the first half of this ticket was, but we know what the second half of this ticket was, Josh, and it was peep my fucking beard. <gasps> no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was okay. Steiniger was like Duck Dynasty before Duck Dynasty was being <laughs> homophobic, right? <laughs> he would sport a two-meter-long chin pelt, which he usually kept tucked in his pocket. Two meters, Josh. How tall are you? Six foot four, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like six four, six five. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm one point, I think like nine five meters, nine six meters, yeah. something like that. So That's you, so you, you big old burly boy, you couldn't sport this beard. No, because no, not without it like dragging along. Like I, like I would have to tuck it into my pocket. Hell yeah. So this dude who like I've got to assume just absorbed all of his like cosmic energy through this gigantic beard of his. He gets elected mayor, and everybody's happy and brown out until one night on the evening of September 28th, a really, 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 really serious fire broke out, mm. and it kind of just started blowing through the streets of Brownout. And Steiniger wakes up in his tower, and being the good burgomeister that he is, he pops up and he goes to sound the alarm. Going down the stairs, he either trips over his beard and falls down the stairs, he stomps down on his beard with enough force to break his neck. Holy shit. <laughs> because however this dude died, whatever killed him, he was dead at the bottom of his stairs with a broken neck. So he either I mean, got tangled up in his beard and that made yeah. him tumble down the stairs and break it, or he stepped on it and said, nope, fuck you, and broke his goddamn neck. I, I mean, this is not at all equivalent. Like, not in the least. But the only, the, the thing that immediately leaps to my mind is this winter, I grew out my beard to probably the longest it's ever been. And it was like a solid... Yeah, like six inches, something like that. Like I had a, I had yeah. a decent beard going, and yeah, like that shit would get in the way all the time. <laughs> like, um, like not only just like eating and things like that, right? But like, as I would lay my head down to sleep and get all curled up and comfy warm, I mentioned uh, our three cats are like heat-seeking missiles. They just, they just like immediately like glom onto you and want to steal your body heat uh and and yeah they would like constantly step on my beard when i was sleeping and like i couldn't turn my or like they and like in and in stepping on my beard kind of like yank my head one way uh or if i was like trying to reposition but one of their butts was still sitting on my beard like my so if i had that much of a like hard time with like a beard that's a half a foot long I can't imagine having one that's like six, six, six and a half feet long. That's a wild. six foot long beard. What do you even do with that? And I also yeah. got to assume it's like 1500s German physics where these guys aren't getting, you know, really big that, you know, just yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Everyone was still essentially like sustenance farming and probably not super high protein rich diets. Uh well, and, yeah. and uh, I'll I'll kind of out myself here a little bit. Well, and but also especially when I was really growing my beard, um, I got super into like beard care oh, yeah. and like I'd have like beard oil 
and I'd like comb it up quite a bit and so like really try to maintain and keep this thing clean and fresh and smelling nice not only for me but for the Mrs. Wizard um, and yeah I'm, I'm willing to bet that um, yeah there wasn't any um, yeah oh here's some beard oil with a nice like cedar wood um, uh, fragrance and massage it in to keep it like no I'm sure it was super grody too Oh. oh, Mark, I think I lost you. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh, I have one little... So, one little more bit of bad luck, right? Okay, yeah. If if the untimely, you know, suicide slash... What would you call that? Beard aside of one <laughs> Hans Steiniger wasn't enough. Did you also know that Brownow has another misfortune in its history? Oh, boy. What could this one be? It is the birthplace of, you know him, you love to hate him, everybody's favorite mean Mr. Mustache. Oh, no. Adolf Hitler oh, was no. born in Brownow, allegedly. Mm. We're pretty damn sure. We have a hard time pinning it down, but we're pretty damn sure. Well, because I was also going to say, like, when you first mentioned Brownow, I was like, oh, wait, like, isn't that the place? Oh, okay, <laughs> phew, it's just about this tragic story of a dude with a long beard. But then, oh, no, yeah, that's, yeah, that place in facial hair, man, just... That, there needs to be like a city ordinance that every dude has to be clean shaven. Just like, look. Nobody gets to have any type of facial hair. Yeah, no facial hair. You know, it happened once. Hey, that's just a fluke. Happened a second time. All right, that's it. Fun's over. You can, you, you can thank these two for ruining it for the rest of you. <laughs> There's all Break these... my neck on a beard. Shame on you. <laughs> Mean Mr. Mustache, shame on me. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, and then everybody's just like, "Oh, like, nope, that's it, that's that's it, no more." Everybody's clean shaven. <laughs> I don't care if it's like frigid Austrian winters. Get a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, frigid Austrian winters. <laughs> yeah, what, what is this so cold out? Where will I put my children if they cannot live in my beard? Nine? No beards this year. Hello? You there, buddy? Yeah. Are, okay. are you there? I'm here, man. Okay. I thought I lost you again for a second. I was going to get... Oh, no. I was sad. making just dumb jokes. Oh, okay. No, I... I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some... Again, some like weird... Because, yeah, like... You, there was a solid, like... 10 seconds of silence. I was like, oh man. Did oh fuck. Phone call. Yeah, it's a, it's again a... though, again, like the wind is like a million fucking miles right. an hour here. I'm sure it's somehow like, I don't know how cell phones work, but I'm sure the wind isn't <laughs> messing with them. I mean, that makes as much sense of, as anything. And I mean, this wouldn't be an episode kind of flirting with Friday the 13th. If we didn't have some, <laughs> yeah, like gremlin weird, weird shit going on too. So nah, man, it's all good. <laughs> we should keep some of this in. Fuck it. Yeah, I I'll leave maybe most of it in. Yeah, I'll like put in a little disclaimer at the beginning. Like every time you hear this sound, listeners, yeah. it's when fate tried to stand against us. Take a drink. Or um, didn't the Gremlins in that famous um, Twilight Zone? Uh, didn't they have like some weird sound effect, like giggle or something like that? Or maybe I'm. Oh, the the Minutemen, right? Yeah, and they didn't put so. it back. And yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. But, or, or yeah, or just do like a little like kind of gobliny. <laughs> that kind of thing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I guess just long story short. Yeah, it was, and even if you're just like kind of Austrian generally, probably just best to avoid facial hair for <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it only takes one guy to ruin it, and you guys got both ends yeah. of it ruined all at once. So Pretty bad. Pretty bad. So anyway, I got to ask you, Josh. Yeah. Hello? Son of a bitch. I knew this would happen. I called it. What's happening? <laughs> that one was definitely fucking me. I was like looking at my phone and I watched the bars like go down to zero. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we can. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, again, I, I think we can just kind of crank out. Pretty yeah, short, we can, pretty short we can keep trucking, and I've only got like maybe an hour left, tops. We'll just play it to buy your, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and if push yeah, comes that to shove, totally I'll fucking call you at eight a.m. tomorrow because it'll only be fourteen miles an hour here. All right, yeah, no, we can, okay. we can, we can get this going. We can get this going. Um, okay, anyway, Josh, I got to ask yeah. you, buddy, how do you feel about uh-huh. clowns? I tend to not like them, but okay. you know, I guess it's like the opposite of like. In every bushel, there's a bad apple. And like in every yeah bushel of dirty, rotten, gross apples, maybe there's a good one in there somewhere. Okay. I think that's generally my position. All right. Well, I got one that might uh, shift your position just a little bit. On January okay. 10th of 1854, a young man named William Snyder, 13 years old, a resident of Cincinnati, who now for some reason lived in San Francisco. Well, he went to Ooh. attend the Pacific Street Circus. Where he met Manuel Reyes, a clown who, by all of, by all accounts, was just several pickles short of a barrel. Josh, he picked up the young Snyder by his feet and began to swing him around and around and around oh, and no. around and around in a circle, until blood oh, started no. pouring from the poor blood from the poor boy's eyes and ears. That's horrible. An ambulance was called and re- and. Snyder was taken to a local medical facility where it was later pronounced that he had died. Oh my god. <laughs> Reyes, the clown, who is now my least favorite clown I've ever heard of, he was arrested for murder and he was tried before a grand jury where during oh his god. said, you know, cross examinations and time upon the on the bench up there. He would, you know, mutter to himself and he would swat at imaginary mosquitoes that he said were troubling him. Oh, my God. But there oh is God. a little bit of a happy ending here. Um, okay. He was let off the hook for manslaughter. He was let off the hook for murder and just given lighter charge of manslaughter when the coroner's board determined that the boy Snyder had died from the bursting of his left pulmonary artery. But still... A clown picked a kid up and swung him by his feet so hard it killed the goddamn kid. I don't have any more on this, but goddamn it, a clown killed a kid. That poor little kid, Snyder. Jesus Christ. I just, oh my god. Yeah. I, I well, okay. And maybe this is like my horrible science brain kind of activating. Because... For, like, fighter pilots and astronauts, they do, like, G-force resistance training or, or like, limit training, right? Where they get mm-hmm. spun spun around in a centrifugal uh, uh, machine, a centrifugal force generator thing, to, to withstand higher and higher G-force limits. Um, and I'm thinking, like, okay, well, A, 
I mean, th- that this was like a kid and not a full adult, like that's that's already like I would imagine kids are not able to withstand those those forces as well. But also, uh, it's a human clown. How much G force is a human clown able to? Well, this is the other thing, though. Is is so also generally speaking, the body is able to withstand. How does this go? I think like negative G force pressures, uh, meaning like you're being pulled down from your head to your feet. You can withstand more of those than the opposite direction, where like you're being like stretched out and like having all the blood pool in your head. So, so yeah, like that's the difference. Like does the blood pool down in your feet? Cause that's where the force is like pulling you. And so you black out or is the blood being like pulled up to your head and your brain and like arteries uh, can't, can't, can't handle those increased volumes and pressures. And so, yeah, like things start to explode. So if the clown's like swinging the kid around by his feet, all that blood's pulling to his head, and, and then yeah, that's where he he gets some okay. sort of. So maybe if instead he was like holding on by his arms and swinging him around. Why am I going down this route? This is a very <laughs> gruesome route for me to what go is, down. Like, what is in Jungle Birds, Josh? Because what is Jungle I'm kind of sitting thing? back here listening to you yes, yes and yourself into evil. This well with the Campari and the pineapple juice, they do take on sort of an ominously red color. Not gonna lie, but. Oh. And if it's Friday, and if it's like the week of Friday the thirteenth, I think that's also kind of messing. That's messing with me too. <laughs> but still, it's a tragedy. It's horrible. I'm, I'm not willing, laughing I'm, at these people, but they've been dead for more than a hundred years, so I don't really care. Right, right, exactly. I can exactly. tell you that um, <laughs> that you getting mashed to death by an elephant that you speared in the gut is goddamn hilarious. I don't mind telling you. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> like. Well, because you literally go down fighting, right? Like, if maybe yeah. this kid, like, also killed the clown along the way, I don't know, maybe that would be a, a better... I, I I don't know. I don't know. I should probably stop. I should probably move away from this. Because, yeah, jungle birds are bringing out something evil in me. I like <laughs> it. I really like it. And I'm glad that the rum is bringing out evil to you, Josh, because here we go. We're going to enter into part two. You ready? Yes. yes. This is called part two of Unlucky Bastards. A sticky situation. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fuck, I'm a little hammered. I just kind of realized. Yeah, yeah. Like, these no, are they, doing work. They sneak up on you, man. Man, just like fucking Abraham Lincoln at Ford's Theater, I got snuck up on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Josh, on January the 15th, 1919, in Boston's North End neighborhood, at around noon, during an unseasonably warm day, the structural supports of a distilling tank belonging to the Purity Distilling Co. failed. The 50-foot-high wow. tank, which was 90 feet around, dumped 2.3 million gallons of molasses upon an unsuspecting city. <sighs> and, Josh, now we come to the point of my point. What are we drinking in our wizard's tankards? That's right, good buddy, rum. And what makes rum? That's right, molasses. Molasses, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. So, I am not stealing your thunder. No, no. I, I have heard about this before, and it is very unlucky, very tragic. 
and I'm happy to hear it again. So this giant vat bursts yes, because the support structure fails. What happens? I'll tell you what happens, buddy. A 25-foot-tall wave of brown horror surged at 35 miles an hour toward Boston Harbor, accompanied by what witnesses described as the roar of a train. Okay, which also just... Interrupt. Listeners, if you haven't just eaten molasses... So, growing up on weekends, my dad would make pancakes often, and he would get the, like, maple syrup, or what would pass as maple syrup, because it was just high fructose corn syrup. That's what my brother and I would have. That's what our sisters would have. Uh, But my dad would put molasses on his pancakes. That was his go-to. And I would do that every once in a while. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, So that was his, like, sort of... Um, topping of choice and that's the kind of like joke with molasses too is it's slow and it takes forever and you like hold the bottle upside down for five minutes and then it only finally starts trickling out so listeners is this if molasses is moving at 35 miles an hour in a 25 foot tall wave that's a lot of damn force that's a lot of force to get something as viscous and sludgy as molasses Moving that fast? (laughs) (laughs) I would, Josh, be remiss if I did not point out that, number one, molasses is 40 times more dense than water. Oh, my God. Yeah. So just whatever you would imagine. Let's say that, you know, the water tower dumps over right now in your hometown. I'm sure you've got one there in Columbus. It dumps over. It's it's not going to do a lot. It disperses pretty easily. It's water. Nobody cares. But this is molasses. It's gooey goodness. But it also really kind of like puts a nail in the coffin of that idiom, you're moving slower than molasses in wintertime. Because lest we Mm -hmm. forget, this was January the 15th. Right. Anyway, aforementioned wave of molasses is now juggernauting through the streets of Boston. It is said to have driven panels of steel into other steel girders of the railroad. So like... Steel goes into steel. That's how strong this bitch is. It tipped over a rail car and ripped buildings off their foundations and then crushed them. This thing is rolling along. This giant roiling wave of brown terror is picking buildings up and just eating them. That's... That's that's so wild. That's so wild. We now cut to a quote from a gentleman named Stephen Puello. He reported to the Boston or to the Boston Post. Molasses waist deep covered the street and swirled and bubbled around the wreckage. Here and there struggled to form. Whether it was an animal or a human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky paper. The more they struggled, the deeper into the mess they were ensued. Human beings, men and women, both suffered likewise. Another quote from the Smithsonian Magazine, the interview of Edwards Park. Anthony D'Astasio was walking homeward with his sisters from Michelangelo School, where he was picked up by the wave and carried tumbling on its crest, although he were surfing. Then when he grounded, the molasses rolled him like a pebble as the wave dismissed. 
He heard his mother calling his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering goo he passed out, then opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. Cause yeah, it's it's. Cause yeah, like you're like it's it's like the. It's like the worst parts of quicksand. And you're sticky. And you're sticky. Oh my god. Uh, oh but god. I think See, about it too. Like this thing, like blew through these, blew through the town so fucking fast. It picked up whatever was on the street. So you're not just sticky. You're like right, but you got all this other. You yeah, are like, super saiyan level of gross. Like, <laughs> so one year I worked as a beekeeper for one season. I brought in a honey harvest, mm. and I can tell you that I have never been so goddamn sticky in my life as it was when I harvested honey from beehives. And like it was, I'd get home, my roommate would have to like help me strip off my clothes, and then I'd jump in the shower because I was so goddamn sticky. But that sticky can't even hope to come close to the stickiness of these poor Bostonians. Oh my god! Well, and and it, like I was, I was trying to find. I, I was trying to find like an equivalence. Like what's what's something else that has like the same density of molasses? That's yeah, like forty times as dense as water. And uh, uh, let's see here. What's um, I don't know. If, let's see if. Okay, wait, so concrete? What's the density of concrete? Oh, okay. Like pre okay, okay. So yeah, so so the norm okay, here here's something. It says the normal density of concrete is um twenty four hundred kilograms per cubic meter, which you like divide that all by a thousand to get to like grams per millimeter. And that's that's like 24 times as dense as water because water's oh like my one. God. Oh my God. So, so, so yeah, like imagine and well, and I forget like, like how, how much of this came, came crashing down. What was the volume of, of, of this? Uh, 2.3 million gallons. So a shitload. Okay. So yeah, 2.3 million gallons of concrete. Just enough like, to ruin and, your fucking day. Is how yeah, much there was enough Josh. to ruin your fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, and uh, yeah, and it's sticky, and like you're saying too, like it's sweeping up all the like just grime, and I'm, I'm sure like dog shit, and uh, yeah, just whatever else is like on the streets or like in because this was in an industrial um, uh, park. I'm sure. So like, who knows what other like horrors were just like discarded over there oh my god Ugh. oh my god 100 at least at least 150 people were injured and 22 mm. people were killed some of these people yeah. were just crushed and smothered by the wave when it hit them but then others were sent out to sea and drowned in boston harbor and their bodies were found about four months later oh my god which, because again, like, you would probably think, oh, well, if a person is, uh, yeah, been covered, has, has been covered with molasses and they're in the water, well, hey, that'll just like, they can, it'll dissolve and they can like swim 
free. No, they're going to get like dragged down to the bottom because they're in this like thick, viscous, frozen in January, or just about frozen in January molasses. That's, yeah, just going to bloop, just going to fall to the bottom there. Oh, my God. That's, oh, man. But so here's where it gets even more horrifying. There were a lot of people that were still alive inside of the said goo blob. Right. But like it just they just kept tumbling with it and as it tumbled them, that's what killed them was the tumbling. And then as right. it slows down and loses all that good potential energy because this is still, you know, January in Boston, Massachusetts, it's cold as shit. Mm-hmm. Then it glosses over and freezes these people inside of them. So it's oh essentially God. like a molasses carbonite. Except you're not in perfect hibernation. You fucking died as soon as you got stuck in the pit. Like, that's it. You're done. Right. Yeah, the worst fudge-sicle ever created. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a your cousin from Boston, Pop. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man. So first responders to the scene was something to the effect of 160 cadets from the United States training ship, the USS Nantucket. (laughs) And they reportedly waited. No, well, see, yeah, like, it's a bunch of cadets. They're, like, still in training. Like... Bunch of kids. A bunch of kids. The first thing, like, they haven't even graduated yet. It's like, all right, men... We're on assignment now because we're not the we're not the heroes that Boston deserves, but we're the heroes that Boston needs. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and if my voice weren't screwed up, I would do the uh, um, Simpsons adolescent. Ah, geez, Sarge, with his like voice breaking all the time. Let's we'll just do it anyway, and we'll see what we can do with it. I'll, I'll, oh man, I'll try here. Like, are you sure about that, Sarge? Oh man, that sounds horrible. <laughs> so does he. But anyway, anyway, so the cadets are here to save the day. One hundred and sixteen cadets, or they they wade up the waterfront through the miasma of molasses. I'm really alliteration-y this week, listeners. I hope you fucking yeah. appreciate it. I don't know what's wrong. That's with all me. right. Mm-hmm. Attempting to pull out anybody they can. Reports indicate, or there are numerous reports indicating how these kids just like. Dove into molasses to like rip people out of them like Samwise pulling Frodo out of the dead swamps. Yeah. <laughs> no, but totally. That's it. Oh, These 116 young brave boys were followed by the Boston police, the Red Cross, and both the Army and the Navy. Oh, wow. There was a 72 hour long search for any survivors within the goo. But it was pretty well just decided that if you were in the goo past seventy two, you were gonna die. That was it. You were done. They didn't, they didn't dig any deeper for you. Yeah, and and well, and truly, with like I was talking about, like this being like quicksand, but also sticky. Yeah, like th- I think this also runs a real risk of people trying to lead like uh, rescue efforts getting stuck themselves, and that's just more casualties and. As as sort of harsh as it sounds, there there does become a point where it's like, okay, we got to call this off, and uh, may God have mercy on our souls for like not continuing to try to save people because it's just we're just gonna end up with the higher body count. I've read a lot of accounts of like um, prospectors during the gold rush in the eighteen forties in California, mm-hmm. 
So, mm-hmm. like, rain will hit a spot where these little, you know, boom towns set up, and it just hits it, and then it floods mm-hmm. it. So everything was, like, all business was conducted by walking across duck boards that were, like, mm-hmm. it was basically little two-by-four bridges, and there's accounts of dudes that will, like, miss a step because, hey, they missed it or they were drunk or whatever, and they just go into mud upwards to their shoulders, and that's all you can fucking do. And they might die, or maybe, may, just maybe, you can lean in and pull them out. But even that, even drowning in mud seems somehow less horrific than drowning in goddamn molasses. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, as I'm sure you can imagine, Josh, cleanup for this deal was a real bitch. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of volunteers you know, showed up to help clean the streets of Boston. They did this by parking fireboats out onto the harbor and shooting salt water up onto the molasses to, like, kind of warm it up and, you know, break it up a little bit. And then they'd Mm -hmm, cover mm -hmm. that in sand, and then they'd roll it down in giant balls of molasses. Oh, my God. This is... So, like, you describe this... So, like, anybody outside of the context of this being an historical event? <laughs> and, like, they'd be like, what sort of, like, Willy Wonka? And that's how we made saltwater taffy. It's like, get out of here, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. What kind of bullshit is this? But no, I mean, a little bit. Do. Cloudy with a Chance of Goddamn <laughs> Horror, though. Like... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but man. also, the, the... So... Cleanup wasn't really finished until months after the fact because you got to remember all these people swarm into like the Boston Harbor area to try and help, but they're mm-hmm. tracking out all this shit. They're tracking out molasses with every step they take. Right, right. And so it was reported at the time that anything that a Bostonian touched would become sticky. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> Racist. All right, you Boston Irish, get out of here with your sticky fingers. Oh, hey, now, what you be saying about that there? I'm just trying to feed my family here. Get out of here, you sticky fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to come by a decent living, sir. (laughs) So, in a really weird twist of fate, um, Hmm. the Purity Distilling Company tried to sue the manufacturer of its drums... To say that, hey, yeah. man, this is your fucking fault. Mm-hmm. But through a civil trial, it was found that the distilling company was at fault. So not uh, only not only did they lose, you know, how much did I say? Uh, 2.3 million yeah, 2. gallons 3. of molasses. <laughs> but they also had to pay out something to the tune of $9.82 million in today's money. And if you oh, lost boy. a family member in the brown wave of molasses, you were entitled to $109,000 in today's money from the company. Oh, man. Which, so, so yeah, like, to be fair, uh, were these, yeah, like, uh, uh, silos rated for molasses? That, yeah. when was the last time maintenance was and and I bet that's it too right because if you were saying like it's not that the tank itself failed but like some of the support structures yeah if you're not going around and making sure that like everything's like oh hey that that bolt looks bad we gotta swap that out with a new one um yeah yeah that's just... well so the, the we don't really know what caused the failure but what we are pretty sure of was that it was number one 
it was unseasonably warm. And Josh, listeners, listeners, you guys, go back to August and listen to our homebrew episode when Josh and I talk about brewing. Josh, what happens when molasses warms up? Uh, it, it, it ferments. That's right. That's how you get this wonderful, incredible rum. And that's, you mm-hmm. break down rum into, or molasses into rum, and it ferments. And when it ferments, it expands and outgasses in CO2. So that helped mm-hmm. a little bit because it was kind of warm. But then on top mm-hmm. of that, these tanks have only been filled to capacity five times. So that's not really going to mess it up at all. But mm-hmm. they had been dumped with a fresh, and I have to say this and not giggle like a schoolgirl, so I'm sorry. They also got filled up with a hot, fresh load of molasses that was warmer than the core temperature of the tank, and that helped, like, expedite the fermentation process. And it was determined that the company was, in fact, at fault because they dumped that really hot, steaming load of molasses into the cold molasses and just made everything go away. And then what happens when you get too hot? That's right, guys. You explode all over everything. I I like to think that I was your like proxy because you got through that like a champ just expertly but i immediately started giggling so that so that you could every now and then we switch roles every now and then i'm the mature <laughs> wizard and you're the silly dunk wizard yes <laughs> oh golly oh man and to this day it is alleged you can still smell the scent of molasses i was in the just north neighborhood i have been in the north neighborhood i have never smelt it but the wind was blowing that day so who can yeah, say there you go I was, that's just what I was going to ask, because um, credit to Boston and a lot of, I think they still try to maintain a lot of their historic buildings and not just like raise everything. Um, And so, yeah, that that was going to be one of my immediate follow-up questions. Like, and some say in the summer months on a, on a hot, still day, you can still smell the molasses because yeah. Of course, you'd still be able to. They can't like <laughs> scrub that out of every porous brick, or uh, or if like the flies. Oh God, could you imagine? Yeah, just the like, flies. Oh, Thank God oh this shit God. happened in January before like flies really got like to kick into shitty. Oh my God, that'd be. Can you yeah, imagine, that'd dude? That'd be horrific. But also, right? It's like, and I'm drawing a bigger parallel here. Uh, how many of these old stories from like Rome and Greece and Japan and China and India and various Native American tribes where we're, where it seems like, oh, that seems ridiculous. What a what a weird story to like say. And that's why the seasons change. But like you just outlined one, Mark. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some little Bostonian kid right now saying like, Hey, Grandpapa, why does the North Market always smell like molasses in the summer? And then, um, and, and then Bostonian Grandpapa says, Well, Timmy, you friggin' idiot, let me tell you what. And then they just, <laughs> so we just, we just, you just outlined, yeah, like, oh, people were scoffing at a turtle falling from the sky and killing Aeschylus. Well, people 200 years from now will be scoffing about, oh, my robot nose sensors are picking up molasses. What is what is the reasoning behind this? <laughs> well, son, beep boop, beep boop. Um, let me tell you about this thing that happened in 1919. That the two wizards pod. Let me pull up the two wizards podcast uh, from the from the data archives. 
granddad, what's the deal with this molasses? <laughs> it is gumming up my gears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah. so, so, so also, Mark, I, I feel, I don't know if this is... I think in some ways, because because like talking about these these other things, I was also reminded of another, yeah, sort of like story from Greek or Mediterranean history, legend, mytho history, um, and yeah, I I don't know if it's quite we, we can quite call it unlucky or misfortunate or just dumb. Like I think a lot of it can be just kind of just stupidity dumb. also. Um, but I want to talk very briefly about the legend story. Of uh, King Candales of the Kingdom of Lydia, have have you heard about this? Is this is this is like a semi-famous one? I don't think so. <clears throat> okay, so so as Herodotus, because we also stand Herodotus, leave Herodotus alone. Leave yes, him alone. But he writes this story in his histories, and there's some other. Uh, um, it 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 is attested in other places too, but. The story goes that uh, King Candales uh, ruled over Lydia, super, super famous, super wealthy, because he's a king, married to a smoking hot wife, had it all, but he just couldn't let it be. He just couldn't let it be. He's like, wait a sec. Do I, do I really have it this good? Am I really the, the, the king of this like prosperous region and loved by my subjects? And married to this smoking hot wife. Is this truly possible? Because because everybody keeps telling me. And I know. I think that my wife is the most beautiful woman on earth. But I just, just got to be sure. And so one night. He calls his most trusted. Most loyal. Favorite bodyguard. Gyges. He says Gyges. Hey come over here a minute. He's like yes. Uh, my, my liege. What is it that you would ask of Gyges, your loyal servant? And King Kandali says, look, everybody's telling me that like I'm awesome, like I'm a benevolent ruler, my kingdom's super wealthy, I have a smoking hot wife, but like I just I just feel like I just need a second opinion. It's like, well, yes, my leash, I would do anything for you. And King Kandali says, okay, um, I need you to tell me if like my wife is actually super, like smoking hot. Okay. And so here and so here's what's gonna happen. Uh tomorrow night, okay, it's gonna be bedtime. My wife disrobes and then she crawls in into bed. And so I'm gonna like hide you. You're gonna hide in like a closet, kind of behind like a little screen. And when my wife is naked and un- and undressing, I want you to look at her and to verify that yes, she's the like hottest thing ever. And and Gaiji's is like, uh, my lord, my liege, my king. I really don't want to do that. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to dishonor the queen. And Kandali's just like, look, man, I'm the king. You're my bodyguard. Do as you're ordered. And so Gaiji's is like, okay, all right. And so sure enough, the next night, Gyges goes and hides in the like royal bedroom in the closet, kind of behind a screen. Um, uh, the queen walks in. She undresses. 
and Gaijus is like, yep, smoking hot. Huh. tries tries to like sneak at like and, and so the queen like gets under the covers Gaijis tries to sneak out but she sees him she sees him it's like oh that's Gaijis the like most loyal bodyguard to the king ever next morning she she summons Gaijis to her like sitting room her like private chambers and, and says so Gaijis um I saw you spying on me last night as I was naked. And Gaijis is like, no, my queen. Uh, I didn't do this. The king ordered me to. He, he commanded me to. And she says, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> oh, no. And so she says, you have one of two choices here. You can uh, either one, die. I will kill you. You'll be executed. Or... You kill my husband, King Kandalis, rule in his place, and become my husband. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so, so not totally you... unlucky. Hey, look at homeboy. Turn it around a little bit. Yeah. So what do you think Gaiji's decided to do? <laughs> a bet option B, Alex. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly what he did. A um, couple nights later, same, similar kind of thing. He hid in the royal bedroom when King Kandalis uh, came in, fell asleep, we don't know if he also got naked. Uh, but Gaijis uh, jumped out of the shadows, murked the king. And he, Gaijis, the loyal bodyguard, um, became the new king of Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, things were looking really tense for Gaijis there. And just stupid goddamn Kandali. And, and like... And I don't know if it's unlucky. I don't know if it's misfortunate or just misguided. But it's like, dude, like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like, right. just like, take it as given that your life is golden. And don't be like, well, is my wife that smoking hot? <laughs> <laughs> but the other kind of fun thing that, that comes out of this is um, uh, uh, Plato writing the Republic he also yeah. kind of picks he, he also kind of picks up on, on this myth and retells it but 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 he has a different sort of twist on it he says that Gyges um, was also able to spy on the queen by using this magical ring that when he puts it on the ring turns him invisible mm. and so through Plato's retelling of the myth of King Kandalis and soon to be King Gyges, that's where like Tolkien got the idea for the ring of power. Oh that shit. You put it on. Okay. It, it turns it invisible. So, so yeah, it's, Very um, cool. so yeah, that was just a short one. I was also reminded of it, of just talking about like unlucky or misfortunate, but like Kandali's totally deserved it. He totally brought this on himself. Stupid, oh, yeah. stupid dude. Just like, yeah, my life is awesome. Uh, but let me just like really double check. And then, yeah, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fucking God. cuck. He like, yeah, no, like, so, okay, this is also hilarious. So, so no, he like, not only like kind of cucked himself, but I guess like the milder version of it, which is called, um, candalism. Okay. So it's like, yeah, like it's not quite, cuckery or like being a cuckold 
but it's like you get off on the fact of like somebody else being a voyeur on your significant other. Hmm. And it's like, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were you trying to prove? Like, are you still that insecure? Like, what's going on, dude? <laughs> what is happening at home, big guy? How can you be in this yeah. way? Just, just, just like, well, so like one, like, yeah, talk to somebody about it. But don't talk to somebody as in, I order you to see my wife naked. Like, that's not, like, no one's going to be. Right. This is going right, to end. Right. That's going to end end badly. So. Well, look at my but wife's yeah. tits. How are they? <laughs> I, um, I, you know, we just work together. I don't know if this yeah, is. We, gotta, yeah, we, we just work here. Like, look, Look, man, I got to get just... my kid from soccer, all right? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then I get to marry her and become the king of this prosperous region. And, like, tidally kill you and nobody will, like, be like, oh, regicide, usurper, he killed the king. No, wait, like, he was a cuck. He, he like, asked me to cuck him. Oh, well, then that's cool. <laughs> oh, right. if they were both uh, into it, okay, that's cool. Yeah, if, if everyone was consenting. Uh, all right, well, King Gyges, let me tell you about the harvest this year. Uh, business as usual. <laughs> I guess we. I can't. I was gonna make a integrity joke, and I can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, but that was. I don't know. That, that was just another one that kind of leapt right to mind. On. That I, I I felt was somewhat kind of thematically, appropriate. I love it. <laughs> Tales of loss and love and luck, and it's like you poor bastard, don't push your hand. You should have known better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah should have known better. But, um, I don't know, man. Like, do you have any more? Tales of woe or misfortune or unlucky. Nah, I had one, but it's probably ta- it'd probably take too long. So oh, I think it's probably okay. A good well, place to... well, well, then that's okay too because yeah. Also, like we're saying, like my voice is still kind of screwed up. You're also sort of flirting with. Okay, I got to take care of myself here. So it's yeah, it's it's totally fine if this one ends up. I'm being also amazed our... we went 40 minutes and didn't have a drop. So yeah, I, I, yeah, we probably shouldn't true. press our luck. Uh, right. Like, oh, hey, cell phone tower. I'm I'm Josh doing this podcast. Why don't you like come in and observe what's going on and see how cool this podcasting halfway across the country experiences? Um, <laughs> you sure about that, buddy? So yeah, best not flirt with any of that stuff. And yeah, just 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 wrap it up here. So yeah. So listeners, um, we would love. Absolutely. We, we would love to hear some of your tales of misfortune that hopefully don't end up with you or like someone you love being swung around in a circle to death by a clown <laughs> or, uh, yeah, drowning in molasses. But maybe some of the like more benign or like, hey, everyone's still like, yeah, there was a hospital trip, but we're all still alive. We have cool stars, uh, scars. We would love to hear that story that... These jungle birds, man. <laughs> I can't even. I'm, I'm having a hard time stringing sentences together. Uh, but we would love to hear from you. That's what I'm ultimately driving at. So please drop us a line. We would love to hear your stories and we'll shout them out too. You can send an email to two wizards podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, two wizards podcast, doing some, doing some cool things. 
if you uh, uh, saw our yokai episode from last week, uh, Mark did a great job finding some just super awesome uh, graphics to 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 tie in with with that episode. Um, and you can also find us on Twitter at Two Wizards Pod C One. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Plaid Barbarian. Um, and I guess I can maybe start like kind of dropping dropping little hints about this. Um, so next week, the month of June, uh, I'm going to be kind of a wizard on special assignment and I'll have some like pretty cool, uh, yeah, things to share with you as I go off on a wizard's quest of my own. Uh, and, and, and I'll be sure to, yeah, like post that stuff on socials. Um, more details coming, but, but Mark, what are some other things that you have going on in the social media realm? If you did not get enough of me talking tonight about unlucky bastards, well, you can join us over on the dangle podcast, our sister podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny talk about the uh, beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill and talk about like why it still holds up or why it doesn't hold up or God damn it. You're making a cash grabby mobile game about it. And Josh, this week we've got a really good one. Speaking of unlucky bastard, we got bill of sales. The one where Peggy makes bill like tricks him into working for her as like a pyramid scheme, but also, but also, but also we have, won't you pee my neighbor? That's right. Listeners. We're to the new year's episode where Bobby may or may not be the incarnation of the Lama Sangluke. It's a fantastic <laughs> episode. You guys go check me out there. You can also find me on Twitter at Marky Stardust. And I'm not plugging my Instagram because I don't update it. Well, because I was also going, if, if you didn't make that connection, I was totally going to do going to and say like you want to talk about unlucky bastards. Look no further than Bill Do- Bill Dotri. Um, but uh, oh man, the the Bill Dozer. I love that. <laughs> Both of. But, <laughs> wait, but then also like you 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 mentioned like unfortunate mobile game. Like, is there a King of the Hill? Oh, yeah, there's, like, this shitty Mario Kart-looking, like, Fox Studios animation cash grab bullshit that they just put out this week. Oh, no way. They announced it this week. It looks really bad. Like, it looks really, really, really bad. I'll send you some... Man, you give me five seconds, I'll send you some screen art. Oh, no, no, I just... I was just... Oh, my God. No, like, I just typed it in. Yeah. And I'm seeing, yeah, Dale Gribble leave what looks like a golden jewel-encrusted poop on the track. There's Arlen Auto Parts. Cause because it's supposed to be all of like the animation domination crossover. Oh yeah, so okay. Crusted Jewel of Poop is like the Mario Kart version of like you hit the box with the it's the mystery weapon yeah. box. Well, yeah, because I'm seeing Steve Smith and Roger Smith and Bobby and Luann and oh my oh god yeah yeah it's really it's really distasteful and shitty. I guess <sighs> well, that's the real unlucky bastard is Mike Judge having to. Have his beautiful properties drugged through the mud over and over again in the name of sweet, sweet clickbait games. I was I was actually just watching Office Space this weekend, and mm. yeah, I think that might, that Mike Judge would be. So okay, or if anything, like I would play. Okay, so I will not not only out of principle, but just because it doesn't interest me at all. I will not play this game. But if there was a King of the Hill, um, Strickland propane idol game where you had to like, all right, I'm telling Hank to go um, uh, wipe down the tanks 
and then I'll come back in two hours when he's done with that job. You better believe I'd download that game and, and do the microtransactions. <laughs> Goddamn right. I would watch I would play the hell out of like Stardew Valley Arlen. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah, dude. Like <laughs> All right, uh just got back from work. Now I'm gonna uh Spend 30 minutes doing the doggy dance competition uh, with Lady Bird. Um, you're, you're goddamn right I would. <laughs> Time to go shooting with my boy. He ain't right. But I gotta get the heart events, otherwise he won't give me the present. I tell you what. Please, please, one of our listeners, you have to know somebody who knows somebody. Make a Stardew Valley King of the Hill mod. Please, I'm begging you. Concerned ape, are you there? Do you hear us? <laughs> and then after you do that one, make one for the Two Wizards podcast, goddammit. Yeah, hell yeah. my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And that was a beautiful transition. Uh, just you, like man. you, just like you beautiful listeners who check in with us every week. Uh, even when my voice sounds horrible and Mark is fighting the snifflies, uh, we just love and appreciate you. And uh, we just we're, we're just so very grateful that you choose to spend time with us. Hell yeah! Thank you for listening, guys. We love you all, everyone. Take care and look out for Friday the thirteenth. Good luck, guys. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all. Ah! 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 Ah!